Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. My name is Brandi Nelson. And I'm Tyler Nelson. We've been at Rolling Hills for four months. So we met actually through work. I was a police officer and she was a dispatcher. We had heard each other over the radio several times but never met in person. And then a critical incident occurred that I was the officer involved and she was the dispatcher. So when we um, had the debriefing is when we actually met in person. How did we fall in love? I'd say for me it was that moment actually that I first saw her in the debrief. Um, had a hard time focusing on what we were supposed to be focusing on. I would say for me it was after our first date. We went to the movies and uh, came out, I had a flat tire. Uh, we had to drive 45 minutes to get the lug nut to change the tire. We went there and back and I was like, okay, I guess, I guess he's the one. And we, we're fulfilled by God's love, and the best way to pass it on is to love one another, love our kids, love our family, our friends. It's so fulfilling, and it makes your heart happy. And I'd say love is important to Christ, and He calls us to love one another because I mean, He is love. God is love. And I feel like, in my opinion, without love, there's really nothing. I mean, we're here to love one another, to have form relationships, to have families, and love is the center of all that. None of that would be possible if love wasn't possible. Wow, isn't that great? I tell you, I love what God's doing in all of our lives. And God is at work in our hearts and God's at work in all of our relationships. And welcome church. So glad everybody's here today that we can gather together. Welcome to all of our campuses. We're streaming today to Nolensville, Nashville, Columbia, online. All together today as one church as we launch a brand new series. And I'm so excited about this series. Now, you know, we just came off an amazing series, right? We were in this series called Masterclass, walking through the gospel of Mark chapter by chapter and just seeing God's word come to life. And today we're launching into this series called Fresh Fruit. Because you see, as Jesus, right, was crucified for our sins and his death, but then his burial, his resurrection, conquered death, made a way for us. But as we saw, as Jesus ascends into heaven, he said, one greater than I will come. And you're thinking, one greater than Jesus? Well, we, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who would indwell us, right? Before in the Old Testament, you had to go worship God. You had to go to the temple, the tabernacle before that. And then, you know, there was Jesus there, the earthly manifestation of the glory of God. And now through Christ, when you become a Christ follower, God places his Holy Spirit in you. And the evidence of your faith then becomes the fruit. That you begin to live out the word of God in you, in all of your relationships, in all areas of your life. Now, I love fruit. I don't know. I just kind of grew up. I love fruit. So I kind of went online. I looked at what are the most popular fruits today. And you know what the most popular fruit is? Strawberries. Okay, right? I don't know. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're like, man, that's me, right? Strawberry shortcake, 
you know, chocolate-covered strawberries. Now I'm making you hungry, right? You know, a bit. But the most selling fruit of all time is, anybody guess? Bananas. That's right. You guys had it, man. You know it. Bananas. Over 100 billion bananas are eaten every year. That means 274 million bananas a day are eaten. Bananas. And you see that, but we have fruit in all areas of our lives. You just think that, right? Maybe you grew up and you heard that saying, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, right? You know, you have that. My kids love fruit smoothies, you know. I love going to the Amazon. We go there on mission trips in the Amazon jungle, the freshest fruit you've ever tasted. I mean, it's incredible in these villages. And you think about that, God made that. God made and created fruit to sustain us and to have that in our lives. Now, how do you identify a fruit tree? By the fruit, Right? You're looking at it, you're like, that's an apple tree, right? Because of the apples, or that's an orange tree, because of the oranges. Let me ask you this. How do you identify a Christ follower? How do you identify somebody who's a Christian? Well, they say they go to church, right? Or, you know, they say that, you know, hey, they read the Bible, or they live in this certain place. No, you know what the evidence is? The fruit. The evidence in our lives that we are followers of Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians chapter 5 tells us this. But the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits, right? The fruit of the Spirit is, and then it gives us these nine. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So what you see is this. If we are growing in Christ, these ought to be those characteristics that are in our lives. The love and the joy and the peace and the patience that we are growing in these areas and we can all grow in these areas. That's the beautiful part. When Christ is at work in us. Now, as much as I love fruit, the fruit's gotta be fresh, right? There's nothing worse than rotten fruit. Like you're eating a banana and then you get down to that bruised part that's all mushy and you're like, oh, this was so good up until that point, right? And it's like, ugh, right? A rotten apple, it ruins the whole bushel. And sometimes in our lives, we can be Christians a long time, but our fruit needs to be fresh. Have you ever met some guy and he's like older, he's like a curmudgeon, you know, and you're like, gosh, you're just kind of mean, right? And he's like, well, I go to church. Like, really? Do you? I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there ought to be in your life something different. There ought to be as you grow and mature this freshness in your relationship with God, this freshness in your relationship with others ought to be coming through your life. So how do we stay fresh? Well, Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, remain in me and I will remain in you, and you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Man, the freshest fruit is right there on the vine. The freshest fruit, man, when you just pick it off. And when you and I are in Christ, when we're growing deeper in Christ, when we are falling more in love with Him, that's when our fruit is the freshest. That's when our relationships are the strongest. That's when we're living out what God has put inside of us. And that's why we're starting this series, and I pray we'll live it out in every one of our lives. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to grab. If you wanna grab a worship guide, if you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app. It's a place to kind of fill in some blanks if you wanna follow along today. But we're gonna talk today about this first one. The first fruit and the most important is love, is love. And we just heard that in the bumper, just set it up so well. Hey, if you've got a Bible, I just wanna encourage you to pull that out or if you're online, but we're gonna go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4. So New Testament, toward the back of your Bible, you have 1st, 2nd Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and then Jude and Revelation. So it's all the way kind of toward the back. And John 
the Apostle John is the one who was writing this. Now, John, you may remember, was a disciple of Jesus. Remember from our last series that Jesus called these 12 disciples, said, come follow me. And he called these two guys, James and John, they were fishermen. I mean, these guys were probably a little salty, right? I mean, these guys, you know, probably said some things off, you know, line. They're like, oh man, Jesus was like, I got some work to do in these guys' lives. They were called sons of thunder. They probably had some anger issues, okay, you know? In fact, there's one time they're walking through Samaria and, and the Samaritans told the, Jesus and the crew to kind of head on. They didn't want to welcome them there. And, and James and John go, hey, Jesus, you want us to call down fire from heaven? Jesus is like, dudes, what are you doing? You know, no, I don't want that. Remember love? That's what we're all about, right? Well, later on in his life, John writes this. And I want you to see this growth. I want you to see this maturity. And I pray that for all of us, right? Come John chapter four, verse seven. Dear friends, let us love one another. Love one another. For love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. God is love. I mean, look at this. He says, let us love one another for love comes from God. That's where it comes. And everyone who's been born of God knows God, right? But whoever does not love does not know God. And so in our lives, this is that defining characteristic. This is that defining fruit in our lives. Why? Because God is love. It's who he is. In our world, they'll say, you know, well, love is love, right? You know? but, but the Bible says, no, God is love. There's a difference. It's his love and it's how he loves through us. And that's what we're gonna see today is that's different than the world. That's different than the world. Look, the world tries to sell us a cheap imitation of love and it's called lust. That's what the world does, right? And we all get caught up in it and we all buy it, but that's what the world comes along and says. It's like, oh man, well, if you really love them, right? And the world will elevate sex, right? That's what the world does. And so we've got rom-coms, we've got, you know, all these movies, we've got love songs. And you start listening to the lyrics, and you're like, hold on, wait a minute, uh, time out. Is, is that really love? Because I want to be fully known, I want to be fully loved, I want to be cared for, not just one night. I, I want to know that somebody really cares. I want to know that I'm really loved. But the world comes along and tries to sell us lust. Now, here's the thing about lust. Lust is now. That's what lust is, right? Now, meet my needs now, right here, right now. I looked up the other day, the uh, pornography business now online, throughout the world, it's larger than Hollywood. Why? Because the world knows this, right? Those images, man, they get into men's minds. Guys, you've got to protect your mind. You've got to protect your heart. And right now, it's now, right? I mean, it's right there on the phone. It's right there. It's accessible. And so in this moment, it's like such a danger. And what does it do? It erodes our capacity for intimacy. In that moment, you think there's no consequences. Nobody's going to know. But all those images are getting in your mind. And that's what the world does. Uh, ladies, you're more emotionally stimulated, right? And so the, the, the movies and the things we watch, we get caught up in that and the fantasies and going down this road and this path, but he'll do that, do that, that, and that. And what if I had that? And that's where the world comes in and says, it's now. And love says, oh, I'll wait. I'll wait for God's best. God's got a bigger plan. I'm gonna trust him. See, lust, the world will say, is a feeling, right? It's a feeling. It's those tingly feelings. I remember having a professor in seminary. He was 
about 80 years old, okay? And I remember him, and, and he taught 1 Corinthians. We were walking through. He was from Scotland, brilliant biblical scholar. And we get to that part in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and it says, flee sexual immorality. And he gets to this point, he says, aye, young lads, you know? And it's a great Scottish accent. Yeah, young lads. He said, I still have to fight against temptation. I'm like, what? You're 80, dude. I mean, like, really? I, mean, I, can't I thought that went away. What's going on? You're 80, you know? But, but here it is, right? Because all those stimuli are out there. All these things are coming out there, and they're warring against us. And yet the world goes, oh, it's a feeling. You get those tingly feelings. That's it. Lust is conditional. Lust is what can you do for me? How can you make me feel? You know, what, what can you do? How can you meet my needs? Uh -huh. Love is what can I do for you? Love is how can I serve you? See, this is the difference. The fruit of the Spirit is genuine, godly love. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want. That's why God created love. Have you ever thought about that? God is the one who created it. God knows how we work. God knows what we need. And God says, I want you to be loved. I want you to feel that and I want you to live in that truth. Not just always trying to figure out, man, do they love me? Do they not? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? No, 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 no. You are loved. Look at this. There are four Greek words for love, okay? See, we've got one in the English language, and this is why we struggle with the word love, because we throw it around all the time, right? We'll say, man, well, I, man, I just love this pizza. It is so good. Oh, and I love my kids. You know, they're like, what? You know, I love the Titans. Dude, this is the year, man. Defense is stacked. I, and I love my spouse. You know, they're like, what? You know, you can't equate those things, right? But we do that. We throw the word around all the time. Now, the Greeks were wise, and they go, hey, there's, there's some different levels of love. There's some different depths. There's some different words. You can look at C.S. Lewis' book. I love C.S. Lewis. Just notice what I did there. But anyway, I do. It's like so good and deep, but right there. But the first Greek word is storage, and storage is affection. This is the love we have for our family. And we do. Man, I love my family deeply. Man, your parents, or your grandparents, your spouse, your, your aunts, your uncles, your children. You know, th there's that familia love. Then you got Philo. Philo is that friendship. You know, you think about Philadelphia, right? That root word right there. Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, right? That's where it comes from. So you've got these friendships. And some of you, you're like, man, I got some of those friends. Man, I love that brother. You know, man, I love that sister. She's She's always there for me. He's always there for me. You, you've got that. I want you to have that. We need that in our lives. That, here's the third word, eros. And eros is this erotic love. Now, this is the one Greek word for love that's not used in the Bible. But this is what the world would say is the pinnacle, and it's not. Every one of us, it's not. It's not. But that's what the world would say. But here's the fourth word, agape. Agape. And this is that godly love. This is that love that God created us to experience. This is that love that God created for all of us. This is the way God loves us. Oh, praise be to God. Look at this. The love mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit is this agape love. And notice, it's more than an emotion. Guys, it's more than an emotion. Now, love elicits emotion. Oh, it does, the highest emotion. But an emotion is uncontrollable. Okay, if I were to say right now, if I were to say, hey, listen, be sad. You're like, I can't be sad. I'm at church. I love church. You know, like I can't, I can't be sad, right? And sometimes you say to your kids, 
just be happy, you know? And they're like, it's so hot out here. What do you like? <laughs> I can't be happy. I'm sitting in right field. I haven't got a ball all day. You know, it's like, just be happy, you know? Like, but we can't, we can't control those emotions, right? But love is something deeper than that. It's something that God put in your heart. I remember when we drove our, our first child, our oldest child home from the hospital and we came in and it's in the middle of the night. And, and I remember holding her. <laughs> If you're a parent or a grandparent, man, you know, in that moment right there, you're holding your child and you're just looking and you're thinking, I didn't even know I could love like this. I would do anything for you. I'll lay my life down. And you can't do anything for me, right? I mean, all you're going to do is you're going to poop, you know, you're going to cry. And I got several years of that, but I don't care. I love you. I love you. And there is that emotion you realize, man, this is deeper than just a tingly feeling. This is what love is. It's an action. It's an action. It's something we do. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we're called to love. Throughout the Bible, God commands us to love. Love. He commands us over and over again. You, you can't command that emotion. But you can respond in that. It's something you're called to do. Here's the thing. Here's the thing and I want you to know. Listen. Some of you, you're in a marriage. And you've been married maybe a long time and the flame's kind of gone out. Maybe you've been married for a while and the thrill's kind of gone, right? And you're living two separate lives in the same house and you feel you drifting apart. And what I want to say to you is stop. Love, love. Here's what Jesus said to the church there in the book of Revelation. He said to the church in Ephesus, he says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Do you remember when you first fell in love with your spouse? Remember you would go on dates? You remember that? And you're like, yeah, but we're too busy now. Man, we got kids, we got career. We got... No, 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 stop, stop, stop. Go back to what you did first. Go back to scheduling those lunch dates. Go back to scheduling those weekly dates. Go back to writing those cards. Go back to bringing those flowers. Go back. And bring that love back in. Here's the thing. Feelings follow actions. They always do. We, we always think it's the other way around. We think it's the actions and then the feelings will come. No, 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 no. You start acting your way and the feelings will follow. And I've seen it so many times. Guys, I don't know if you've been married seven years and they got that seven-year itch. Or you've been married 15 or 20 or 25. But let me just tell you this. God has a plan for your marriage. Fight for it. Love through it. There's times you don't have those feelings. There's times that tingling's not there, but you love, you love. Here's the deal too. Godly love is unconditional. Godly love is unconditional. Aren't you thankful that God loves us that way unconditionally? Aren't you thankful that God, he doesn't just judge us by our mess ups and our mistakes and go, well, you're out. Oh man, no, you started off well, but woo, look at where you are. No, he loves us. And this is the call for us to be people who love unconditionally. Now, there are times we have to speak the truth in love, right? There are times that we have to say, what you're doing is not right. You're my child. I love you. I care about you. But boy, you're not making good decisions. And I love you enough not to stay quiet. <laughs> I've got to speak. I've got to speak up. The Bible says God disciplines those he loves. And there's times in our lives that we have to speak truth into the people's lives that we love. And aren't you thankful for the people in your life who will speak truth in your life? <laughs> you know, the opposite of love is not hate. That's what we think. The opposite of love is apathy. I don't care. 
And when you get to that point in your life, you're like, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. I wanna love unconditionally. I'm gonna speak up for truth. I'm gonna speak up for love. I'm gonna speak up for grace, but I'm gonna love you unconditionally. Look at this one. It's a commitment. It's a commitment. Love is a commitment. You know, when people are married, right, you stand there and you, you exchange wedding vows. And maybe you did this. For better, for worse. We like the better part, but then there's, right, for richer, for poor. I like the richer part. I don't know about the poor part, but, but you made this vow, right? In sickness and in health and forsaking all others. I'll be husband to you, wife to you, as long as we both shall live. There's this commitment that comes. In our lives, with the people that God's put in our family, in our lives, the people that God's put in our sphere of influence, in our lives, people God's put in, in our church, we have a commitment to one another. We love one another. That's the evidence of our life. Look, living a life of love demonstrates my relationship with Jesus. That is the fruit. Love is the fruit of my life. If you keep going in 1 John, he writes this, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. See, his love is made complete in us if we love one another. That's God growing us, right? Here's John, the disciple who was angry, he was bitter, upset. Now here's this John writing, love, love people, that matters. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. So the spirit of God in you, it calls you to love, calls you to love. Now here's the thing, right? Love is not always easy. It's easy to love people who love us, right? I mean, that's easy. But the call is for us to love even when it's hard. Marriage is hard. I mean, really, right? You got those tingling feelings where you're at the altar. You got the honeymoon, which is great, right? But, but then it, it, it's hard. Raising kids, it's hard. Teenage kids, it's tough. Adult children, right? It, it's hard. How can I love? How can I love? Right? Sometimes it's hard to love the people at work. Sometimes it's hard to love your colleagues there. Sometimes it's difficult to love the people in our community. Sometimes it's hard to love people who don't agree with us, right? But the call is how do we love? How do we love? Look at this. We must allow God to love through us. And this is where the Spirit of God works in us. You know, Lisa doesn't need to be married to me, she needs to be married to Jesus. <laughs> Right, because me and my flesh, I mean, you know, I need to be growing deeper in Christ. I need to be falling in love with God more so that I am the husband that she needs. Uh, my kids need Jesus. My kids need to know that they are loved. My, the people around me, allowing the Spirit of God to love through me. God, this is hard. God, we're going through a rough patch. God, I need you. God, I'm gonna pray about this and God, I'm gonna give it to you. So here's the question. Is your love fresh? Is it fresh? And maybe you say in your life, you know what, man, life's been so busy. It's been hard. I've been stressed out about money. I've been stressed out about work. I've been stressed out about school starting back. I just got a lot to, but hold on, hold on, hold on, time out. Is your love fresh? Are you growing in this area of love? Jesus was asked, right, what's the most important commandment? And here's how he replied, love the Lord your God with all all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Out of the 613 laws in the Old Testament, Jesus said, here's the greatest one. You love God. You love God. And hey, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. 
All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Everything is boiled down to this. How do you love? How do you love? So is your love for God fresh? I was talking with a guy recently and he, he's been at church for a while and he goes, man, you wouldn't believe it. He goes, this summer? He goes, I, I, I started getting up early in the morning and I would go out on our back porch and, and I started reading a chapter of the Bible. I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna try it. You guys talk about it all the time and I'm, uh, you know, I'm gonna try this. And so I, I've been reading and I, I start my day in prayer. It makes an incredible difference. He's like, you wouldn't believe it. And I'm like, yeah, I would. You're right? you know, like, yes, that's what we talk about. But he's like, you know, it's amazing. And I always think, wow, we get so busy that we wanna rush to it. Man, I got kids going here, I got stuff going here, I got stuff that are happening, I got all these things in life, I got work demands that are coming to me, emails already popping up, right? And what happened on social media? But what if I stopped and said, God, I wanna be fresh, I wanna grow fresh in my love for you. I wanna be right there on the vine. I wanna be close to you, Jesus. It's a game changer, right? Being at church, man, being committed, growing in the word, being in a group, finding that love for God. And then is your love for your spouse, your children, your friends, and even your enemies fresh. What about your spouse, you know? The other night we took my daughter, she turned 16, we went out to this restaurant, we were eating, it was a, a nicer restaurant, and, and, and I could see my, my kids were sitting on this side of the table and they were looking, there was a, a couple over there, and you could just tell that this couple was in love. And, and, and you know, I kind of kept glancing back a little bit, but they were just across the table, we had brought her flowers, and they were holding hands across the table, and they were talking, and I could see we were all talking as a family, but. You could see them keep looking over there. And finally, I got up and I was like, man, I gotta go talk to these people. And I, I realized I, I knew this lady, right? And I knew her husband. And so I, I go, thank you guys. You're amazing. And they said, well, it's our 27th wedding anniversary. <laughs> and I go, congratulations, that's been awesome. He goes, well, it hadn't always been easy. And she goes, no, we've had some challenges. But every year we come here. Every year we come here and we just thank God for our marriage. I thank God for our marriage. And you know what I loved? I loved that my kids were watching that. And I was like, guys, I want you to see that. I want you to find a spouse who's gonna love you like that, right? If you're dating, date, date somebody, a man or a woman who loves God more than you, right? Who's pressing into God and then they love you and they can love you out of an overflow of what God's doing in their own heart and life. That's how you have that real love. Hey, love for your spouse, love for your children. You know, my wife, Lisa, grew up her, her, her her dad never told her he loved her, never said the words. Now, I believe he did, right? But he never said those words. Let me just tell you, the words, I love you, they're not implied. They're not implied. And somebody goes, well, you know, I married her 30 years ago. I said it then, you know, like, well, no, you need to say it every day, buddy. Okay, I mean, come on, that's not implied, right? But to your kids, you gotta say it to your grandkids. You gotta say it. It matters. You know, I want my kids to know that I love them. I don't want them looking for love in a bunch of boys because they didn't receive it at home. I want them holding out for the best. I want them going, hey, you gotta live up to this standard, right? Love your kids. Hey, they grow up quick. And wherever they are in life, man, you let them know. Hey, love for your friends. Guys, we need deep friendships. And it's so easy in this life, man, we are just skirt by, you skirt by because we are busy. We've got so many things happening in our lives. But that's why I encourage you, you know, get a community group, get in a men's group, a women's group, get somewhere in grief share, divorce care, someplace where you can have friends who will walk with you, who will stand with you, who will encourage you and who will love you. And then even this last one, 
even your enemies. Jesus said, love your enemies. And we're like, ah, I don't know about that. But this is where the difference is. <laughs> the world's gonna say, get revenge. The world's gonna say, be bitter, be angry. And you know what bitterness does? It robs you of joy. The other person may not even know they're your enemy. The other person may not even know what they did. They know the person's probably forgotten and moved on with their life. And you hold on to this bitterness and you hold on to this anger. And God goes, I don't want you to live like that. Let me love through you. You may not be best friends. That's fine. It's okay. But I don't want you to live with the bitterness and the anger and the regret. I want you to love and love even your enemies. Hey, is that fresh? Is that fresh? Guys, let's be a people who truly live a life of love. What if we were like that? What if we just loved radically? You know, a few weeks ago, there was a guy caught me in the back and he said, hey, Pastor Jeff, I, I just want to tell you, I just want to say thank you. And, and I was like, great. And he goes, yeah, I came to church and he said, I gave my life to Christ. And he goes, it was incredible. I'm just seeing the change in my own life. And he said, my dad, growing up, man, he was always an atheist and he was pretty hard on all of us. And it was tough. And he said, actually, the other day we were over there at the house and I had my kids over there and my, and my daughter comes out and says, hey, you wouldn't believe it, but granddaddy's praying. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, he's calling out to Jesus. And I ran back there and my, my dad was having a heart attack. And so we rushed him to the emergency room. We went to the hospital and, and, and praise God, they, they were able to revive him. But they said he probably doesn't have a long time to live. And I was able to tell my dad about Jesus and my dad gave his life to Christ and you wouldn't believe the change. He said he's writing letters now to all of us. He's written letters to all the kids. He's apologizing. He's telling us how much he loves us. He's writing letters to family, to friends, to extended family. That's all he's doing. He's just telling people that he loves them and he cares about them. And he said, I just want to say thank you. And I'm sitting there with tears in my eyes just watching this. And he slips out the back. And I was like, I want to know more. You know, where, where is it? But that's what God does in our hearts, in our lives. And God wants to just love through us. Here's a little secret. Nobody's going to remember all the work that you did. All the extra hours we put in and all the things we think we're, we're building. It. There's going to be somebody who's going to come along and they're going to do our job. There's going to be somebody who comes along and, and gets a higher achievement or a higher trophy or whatever it is. But you know what people will remember about you? The way you loved. The way you cared. The way you prayed. The way you encouraged them. You think about the people in your life. You think about the people who had the biggest impact. They loved you. They cared about you. And let's be those people. Why? Because we have a God who loves us like that. We have a God who loves us like that. Do you know God loves you? Do you know God loves you unconditionally? In fact, he loves you so much. He, his own son went to a cross to die for you. And there is nothing you could do to make God love you anymore. And there's nothing you could do to make God love you any less. God loves you with an everlasting love. And when you and I begin to realize that, who we are in Christ, that we are redeemed, that we are restored, that we are forgiven, we could be people who love like that. We could be people who love like that. And that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for me. Are you living a life of love? Why not today? I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment, just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe today's the day of salvation. You just go, God, I need you, help. 
help. I call out to you, Father, forgive my sins, redeem my life. I'm yours. Maybe today, if you're honest, you haven't been loving lately. Maybe you've been blaming everybody else. And, and today God's going, look at your heart. Is your love fresh? Are you growing in your love? Maybe today you're, <laughs> you need help in your marriage. And I just want to tell you that there is a God who can redeem, a God who can restore. So would you just make a commitment today? Hey, I want the rest of our marriage to be the best of our marriage. I want to love you. I know it's not easy. I know there's challenges. I know there's struggles. Maybe your kids. Maybe the person you're dating. Or maybe there's an enemy. And somehow there's bitterness in your heart. And, and today you go, God, I'm going to let it go. I just got to let it go. I, I can't carry this around anymore. God, I want to love. So Father, here we are, your disciples. <laughs> And you said, by this, all men will know we are your disciples if we love. So God, let us love. We admit it's not easy. We admit we struggle. We admit that the world bombards us and tries to sell us a cheap invitation. But today, God, in the name of Jesus, we wanna be people who radically love. Let that be the fruit of our lives. And let our lives make a difference for your name and for your glory. And it's in the beautiful name of Jesus we pray. Amen, amen, amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go Podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.